0: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Manic Candace podcast. It's your girl Candace back at it again with a brand new episode of the podcast. And today, this morning, this evening, this afternoon, this night, we are going to discuss the war on drugs, the United States versus drugs. Drugs that are not moving, living beings, they're just literal substances that you put in your body and you have a psychoactive effect that is addicting because it rewards your reward system it's a dopamine agent um america is run on dope the war on drugs is a global initiative led by the u.s federal government to stop illegal drugs from coming into the country now i want you to pay attention to that word illegal It begs the question of what is legal. And I'm going to talk about how every street drug on the market has a counter drug on a legal market sponsored by the pharmaceutical company, sponsored by Pfizer, literally. Um, It's my opinion Well, let me just say what the war on drugs is intended to do um the federal government of the united states which sets the precedent for rules of all americans to follow even their own law enforcement and politicians the u.s federal government uses military aid taxpayer money And policies formulated to enforce punishment on those who break anti-drug policies in the U.S. Now, the main rule that you need to know in America when it comes to illegal drugs is that you should not have it at all. I mean, at all. You should not have it in your persons, in your possessions you should not be associated with people who deal or do drugs that's that that's 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 the that's the first rule now if you break that rule there are other things in place other policies in place like did you help traffic this drug and traffic is um a term used to describe bringing things in another territory so it's like you do traffic drugs from another country you do traffic drugs from another state in my opinion the war on drugs is a war against poverty not in a good way it's a war against drug addicts and argumentatively it's a war on the mentally ill because those who are mentally ill they self-medicate for various reasons, we can get into that later. They self medicate either because they don't know that there's something wrong with them and they just know that this drug, whether it be marijuana, um, methamphetamine, is helping their mental health issues. So it begs the question is like, who's the addict and who's mentally ill? And we'll talk about this combination of treatment later on in this episode, Um, where there is high level. Let me back this up. My name is Candace (laughs) and I graduated Arizona State University with a criminology degree. So I have data to back up my degree. I have over 25 years of data, 25 years of drug policy data that just proves that this war on drugs is is a is is a war against not those who traffic drugs like the mexican cartels for example it's a war like i said against poverty against addicts and against the mentally ill um i learned obtaining my degree while i was studying that where there are high levels of crime there are high levels of poverty they actually go hand in hand this is a situation where correlation does meet causation um not surprised uh those of you who don't know i used to sell drugs in college but i also have a family history of someone selling drugs um and ended up going to federal prison for that um drugs are a part of american culture the modern day american culture with the, within the last 25 years has been drugs the music the urban language the the part of the part of the reason for trafficking firearms is to protect ter- drug territory Um, border states like Arizona, California, and Texas, the closer to the border, the less gangs you have, because the more the Mexican cartels are present. This is real life. If you are not living in America, you know, I, I'm just curious what you guys think, honestly. 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 The U.S. federal government says this is a war against drug traffickers. Okay, let's talk about these drug traffickers. Are they Russian? No. Are they European? No. Are they Chinese? Yeah. Are they Middle Eastern? Yeah. Are they from South America? Yes. Are they from North America? Yes. What if I told you that the main ingredient for opiates and heroin, opium, is only grown in Afghanistan? Only grown in Afghanistan. Think about all of the opium we had to protect during 9-11 and during the Iraq War, which lasted 40 years. The Purdue Owl family who produces oxycotton, had a huge interest in that. And they are a pharmaceutical company. You see, I'm going to talk about the double standards when it comes to legal drugs and illegal drugs. Because every illegal drug has a counter drug that is legal in the pharmaceutical industry. And if you are privileged enough to have health insurance in this country, you can have clean drugs you can have clean heroin you can have clean meth you can you can have clean amphetamine you can have medical marijuana who would have thought those who traffic drugs um from let me let me let me, let me rephrase this those who s- traffic to me means you are moving across countries or states um, it's not like local in your city or in your neighborhood or in your apartment complex there's a difference between someone who pushes drugs on the street and someone who traffics drugs when you're trafficking drugs you are like shipping cargos and you are you know you're stuffing dead bodies Those like you're hiding sh- you're like shipping it on airplanes that's that's a drug trafficker Um, but I want to talk about the drug dealer on the street. Those who deal drugs on the street feel like they have no other option. Again, going back to correlation and causation of poverty and crime. Then if them selling drugs becomes a lifestyle that may or may not get passed on through future generations in their families. In the case of the war on drugs in the US, entire communities are saturated with drug trafficking culture. Like I said, it's in our music, it's in our language, it's in our imagery. Just drugs everywhere. And we're all on something, whether it's like a Adderall, marijuana, we drink a lot. You know, these days it's it's really scary to even take a line of coke at the end of the night because what if I die you see I don't know about you but when it comes to the word war I expect casualties right I expect dead bodies this war on drugs is a war on addicts whether it was intended in the first place or not but I have a feeling it was and I'll discuss that in a little bit where the where there is drug there is crime where there is crime there is poverty no one sells drugs to be cool except the pharmaceutical companies we need to discuss how this war started and what was the desired outcome so it is my humble opinion that this war was started out of fear um I believe Americans well I don't believe I know Americans love to get high. The illegal drug market, the black market for illegal drugs is like a 300 billion dollar annual industry. And we're the ones that are buying. We're the we're the ones creating demand for it. So it's it's like this war doesn't make sense because like the the chess pieces aren't there where are the soldiers is it the DEA the drug enforcement agency okay all right so what the drug enforcement agency does is they wait and wait and wait and let you kill and do drugs and ruin communities and ruin lives and cause death upon people and ruin relationships They'll let you do that for about 10 years and then they'll pop your ass and take all of your money, take all of your vehicles. That's just to cover the cost of the trial. But once you are in prison, you have to work. I've seen pay stubs from workers in federal prison where they're making 5 cents an hour, 20 cents an hour, 2 cents an hour. They're making underwears, they're making tam like they're packaging tampons, they're making license plates. And they're in there for years. In case you guys didn't know, when someone goes to jail in the United States, it's less than 365 days. So, if your sentence is longer than 365 days, you go to prison, jail, and prison. The difference between them is who's funding it. The state funds the jails, okay? So there's not a lot of money to go around. The jails are really dirty. Um, you're you're kind of in and out, and uh, it's it's like it's like you you're in there waiting for court. You get done with court you go back in the jail cell with like 50 other people it's pretty disgusting prison is funded by private investors and shareholders of some of the top hedge funds in the world and my former employer vanguard is the number one investor in privately owned prisons so they are the number one investor in free labor they're the number one investors in modern day slavery Just let that sink in. Just let it. Just let it sink in. It is my radical, radical belief that if the United States federal government has any interest in ending this war on drugs, which they do not, because the their colleagues, their people who are going to keep them on payroll, it's, it's, they all have an interest in vanguard and vanguard has an interest in these private prisons so these private prisons have an interest in keeping the war on drugs going you see there's something in america called the criminal justice system and once you are a criminal and you are registered in the system your crime follows you for the rest of your natural life Every time your credit gets run. Every time you get a background check. Every time you want to do something that requires running your social security number. You want a passport. You want to vote. You want to buy a gun. Not with a felony. Not with a drug-related charge. Nope. Nope. Think of how many people are excluded from the workforce that they from from their highest earning potential because they got a drug felony charge and had to go do free labor for vanguard and their shareholders you see i don't know if you picked up the theme of america but it's all about maximizing shareholder profit at the end of the day you got to pay who pays you twice what they giving you And you got to keep it going and keep it going and keep it going and keep it going and keep it going. Now, when I talk about um, no one sells drugs to be to be cool, except the pharmaceutical companies. These companies have an incentive to maximize their shareholder profits and their investors profits. Who are their shareholders? Um, When I was working at Vanguard I somehow got access to Pfizer's account. And number one, what a huge security oversight. You have a bitch with a podcast, like, who lost her home in 2008, who doesn't like hedge funds, working for a hedge fund, and I have access to Pfizer Inc.'s account. They had $1.6 trillion in that account. And I was just like, I wonder how many billions of dollars... Came from Adderall. I wonder how many billions of dollars came from codeine and promethazine. I wonder how many billions of dollars came from uh, legal meth. I wonder how many billions of dollars came from Oxycontin. I wonder how many billions of dollars came from Percocet. And now, what do we have, you guys? We have an epidemic of fake Percocets. They're called blues. I don't know if it's affecting every state, but in Arizona, it is so devastating. And it's these are blue pills that are um, shaped to look like Percocets, Perc 30s, whatever they're called. But they are laced heavily with fentanyl. There's hardly any traces of Percocet in them, and people smoke them through foil and uh, like like a straw. Or like a pen straw or whatever. And they just completely lose their fucking minds. And 300 people a day. 300 people a day are dying. And they're addicts. And they're mentally ill. And they're homeless. They're not all homeless. But what this war on drugs 50 years in. We have a vast homeless population. And... People like to pay attention to los angeles well it's it's in it's in san francisco it's in phoenix it's in oregon it's in washington you know i live in a really nice neighborhood if a home were to sell around here like a nice home probably would be eight hundred thousand dollars You know, I rent right now, but it's a nice area. It's got, my neighbors are all ex-military. Like, you have to go through background check to live around here. And I'm starting to see the fentanyl crisis creep up on my end of the freeway. And my exit on the freeway, on the 303, when I drive home, Is literally the same. It goes to a town called carefree. And you have to have money to live in carefree. Now I'm not trying to brag about myself. I'm just saying that the fucking epidemic. It's coming over to. It's coming to your neighborhood. And that brings down the property values. And yada yada yada. We won't get into that. But these pharmaceutical companies. What they do is they incentivize. Their. Drugs, they're legal drugs. And the only reason why they're legal is because they went through a process with the Food and Drug Administration. So the only thing that separates my Adderall from the meth that the cartels are providing is a clearance from the Federal Drug Administration. the, The Federal Food and Drug Administration from the United States. That's what you're telling me. Remember that word I said in the beginning of the podcast, illegal? Well, the difference between legal and illegal drugs is the FDA clearance. So what's stopping some fucking... Let's say he's 15 right now. What's stopping some 15-year-old chemistry geek alchemist from creating the next most addictive drug there is going to be on the market all he has to do is get a degree and go through the go and get funding for his his lab work and submit his formula and and get bought out by pfizer and have and you know have an exclusive patent on the medicine for however long it's gonna last and make all that money and just have a generation of addicts. I mean, we've America has been through the crack epidemic in like the 80s, 70s, and then it went to meth, and then now it's at heroin and f- opiates. S- specifically synthetic opiates. Um I feel like there's a market for synthetic drugs. Like there's there's synthetic weed and their synthetic opiates. I feel like that market exists because of because of drug tests, um, the policies that the United States has set forth to combat drug use, um, and drug trafficking goes against the nature of an addict. An addict is going to look at these policies and say. I'm not allowed to have drugs, uh, not an option. What am I going to do next? I'm going to hide them. I'm going to hide them from everyone I know. My job. I'm going to hide them from my friends who don't use drugs. I'm going to hide them from my parents. And they live an addict life and they cultivate addict behavior. We're not going to get into addicts in this episode too specifically. But there are people who are genuinely addicts, who have no mental illness, but will exhibit signs of mental illness because they are abusing drugs. And on the other side, there are people who are genuinely mentally ill and undiagnosed, meaning they have no idea that they have mental illness or they do... Have some sort of idea, but they can't afford to go to a physician or a psychiatrist for help. You gotta be damn near running the streets with your head chopped off with no panties on to get free mental health service in the United States. They want to see you hit rock bottom so they can put it in their fucking notes and put it in their fucking affidavits and their court order petitions and fucking all this stupid shit but consequently those people who are genuinely mentally ill to begin with who are self-medicating through drugs on the street because it's affordable Those two types of people, the addict and the mentally ill person, they are coupled together for treatment in the United States. And the most frustrating part is trying to tell someone that you are having someone tell you like a doctor, having someone tell you, you have this illness, you have this mental illness with no blood test and, um they tell you if you just stop using drugs, everything will be okay. What study says that? And is it for the addict or for the mentally ill? Because I have a feeling that the doctor doesn't know the difference between an addict and a mentally ill person. And that is very unfortunate for everyone suffering. How much more easy would my life be My doctor just gave me the pharmaceutical drugs that I want. Be a lot easier, wouldn't it? Because I'm an addict. Now you can be both. You can. But I feel like if we are fucking having missions to Mars and we are ripping apart atoms and we are talking about putting chips in our brains to cure paralysis and all types of brain disorders and shit. Why haven't we figured out mental illness and addiction? Why? 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 Make no mistake. The reason why the there is such a demand for drugs and the reason why this war is still going on like no one's shoving the drugs down our throats as americans we cannot get enough literally the other day i was like i really really want some ecstasy but like the 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 fear of dying from fentanyl is real for me and I don't want you guys to worry. It's not like I'm using every day or anything like that. It's just that sometimes I, it's it's like wanting to go, wanting to go get fucked up at the bar. It's like I want I want to pop an ecstasy, but like there's no ecstasy. It's all meth. So if the Americans are the customers, how are the drugs getting into the United States through our southern border? And I think it's about time people start taking a look at the northern border, Canada. You know what I noticed? There's no Canadian cartels that we know of. I'm willing to bet you anything that Canada brings drugs into the U.S. See, that's something that they didn't talk about in school. Pay attention to politics as well. I believe that Kirsten Cinema, who's a senator or secretary of whatever for Arizona, it's been rumored she's been working with the cartels for a few years now, and that rumor went hush hush really quick. There's a lot of money. There's a lot of incentive. There's a lot of campaign um, funding. And if you don't think that certain judges in the federal courthouses are not bought out by the cartel, then you are mistaken. This is war. This is like the coldest war ever. The Chinese are supplying the synthetic opiates, fentanyl, to the Mexican cartels. And the Mexican cartels are bringing them to the United States underground through drones. Through um, what do you call drug mules? Um, basically, they will find Americans, offer them like $10,000 cash just to traffic like 3,000 pills, 4,000 pills, 500 pills, 100 pills. Our border was wide open. That Title 42, whatever the fuck that was, bunch of people bunch of people and they weren't all mexicans i didn't even know what they were they were like every from everywhere dude i'm like how many of them got some money how many of them got like a good two thousand dollars usd and was given a pack of fentanyl to stick up their ass or something my mom is a federal agent or a federal officer sorry she might as well be an agent. But she has told me stories about how Border Patrol um has seen horrific things. The cartels are very, very sophisticated. They don't give a fuck. They will chop you down. Like their fucking eight-year-old niño will fucking chop your ass down with the machete. They live by the sword, die by the sword, live by the gun, die by the gun. They they, they are very sophisticated. And this is a way of life for them. And it has always been this way for generations. So it's my radical belief that if, um, legalizing drugs, all of them, is going to work. Because natural selection, in my opinion, is going to weed out people who are going to overdose. It's going to be tragic. It's going to be sad. But I think that sentiment of, oh, I'm going to die if I touch this stuff. I think that's working. I think that's working for the right people. And we just got to reach to the addicts because when it comes to the addict, the threat of death is not enough. But I feel like it would weed out people who are mentally ill and just exhibit signs of mental, uh, it would weed out people who, um, are not, who are addicts and not mentally ill. That's what I meant to say. Those that only exhibit signs of mental illness while on drugs. I think the threat of dying from fentanyl is enough to separate them from the mentally ill pack. and in the addict pack. gosh you guys it's this this i don't see any ending other than drugs winning. i mean it's already been winning. i mean american drug culture it's in our movies, it's in music, imagery, slang. scarface. you know, uh pulp fiction all drugs drugs we're listening to future instrumental drugs all of our favorite rappers used to sell drugs that's what they rap about and let's talk about these moms who pop xanax and drink chardonnay all day all day long at the clubhouses that's how they deal with their family it's just a bunch of xanax And Klonopin. That shit fucks you up. Brought to you by Pfizer. And I want to comment again on America's mental health and drug treatment. Um, The 12-step program is a program that is faith-based, which isn't good when you're dealing with the brain you can't really bring god into things especially when it's like addiction and all that i don't want to get into that if i offended you i apologize but um this 12-step program has a 96 percent failure rate the last time i checked eight or nine years ago and there is no other approach that is affordable to people with insurance or or with state insurance or shit without insurance it's like uh, it's not affordable if it's working it's not affordable especially for addiction and like i said we can send rovers to mars we can rip particles apart and we can put chips in people's brains but we haven't figured out mental illness and addiction This war on drugs is a war against addicts. It's a war against the mentally ill. And it's a war against poverty. Not in a good way. I couldn't think of a more creative way to kill Americans than by providing them with their poison that they love so much. China doesn't have to come here and put troops on the ground. They can just ship it over. You know, Al Chapo. I was talking to someone the other day about Al Chapo. And, uh... He's in prison. He's gonna be there the rest of his life. Um... And, like, I guess... The guy I was talking to was talking about, like, does El Chapo feel guilty? And he was like, nah. It's on the U.S. government. And I'm just like, it is. It is. It really, really fucking is. And this whole fentanyl crisis came from the Purdue Owl family who was making Oxycontin. All those people, and 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 morphine and pro, promethazine with codeine, and Percocets. They incentivize the doctor pain specialists with, you know, money or, you know, we we will fund your research or shit like that. And next thing you know, someone got a surgery. Like, for example, I got my my wisdom teeth taken out. They gave me codeine and promethazine. Just like that. I was 16. I could have became a fucking opiate addict at 16. When I was 13, I overdosed on my grandma's morphine pills. Because I wanted to get high off of anything. Because it was right after I got caught smoking marijuana for the first time. And I couldn't smoke marijuana I was 13. I was knocked out for 18 hours. So the casualties of this war is American citizens. And if we are supposedly on, at a war on drugs, why isn't our government fucking telling us every day, don't use drugs, don't use drugs, don't use drugs, don't use drugs, don't use drugs. Don't use drugs don't use drugs don't that 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 is the only thing that you should be told from day one and if you don't listen there's consequences no nah, instead we just we get nothing a lot of people that go around like when i was selling drugs at asu uh, a lot of american kids from different states they didn't know anything any laws about drugs and here they are With it and dabbling in it for the first time. And I'm just like, I'm kind of glad I grew up the way I did. Because, man, like, y'all are dying. Y'all are dropping out of college. Damn. I think that legalizing all drugs would bring down the... Demand and therefore would bring down the price. And if you bring down the price of drugs to where it's basically worthless or just a prescription away, the cartels won't have any incentive to keep sending drugs over here because their incentive is money. We're going to have money, our economy is going to be strong in our state of Mexico. We have to do this. And anyone who gets in the way can get the fucking machete. Can get the AR-15. Have it recorded and sent to their fucking mother. This war has been ongoing for 50 years and it has just progressed into a vast homeless population. 300 people a day are dying from fentanyl overdose and the quality of mental health treatment at its worst. This is Candace with the Man and Candace podcast. I bid you adieu. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good night. Bye-bye.